Welcome to Slash Server Life, the podcast where we explore the unseen world of people in the service industry. On today's episode, we meet John Higgins, a musician and bartender working towards his dream. I wish I'd known that I loved you While I still had you in reach I put nothing else above you And that's one promise I'd keep describe yourself oh my goodness um (laughs) it's a hard question it is a hard question (laughs) um I don't know I guess first and foremost I would describe myself as an artist but that's also not all of me I think there's a lot of people who are artists who that's their whole self and I totally get that but I definitely have a lot of different components to me I'm also like really close to my family like my friends are very important to me and so like I think sometimes art comes with like a lot of sacrifice which I get but also there's other important parts that's not the most important part where are you from? I'm from Buffalo, New York tell me about Buffalo I love Buffalo. that's what the BMI shoots is for <laughs> Ugh, Buffalo is so wonderful it's um, it's a little bit smaller than Nashville. Um, it gets a lot of hate, not hate, but like yeah. people just really shit on Buffalo all the time because of the weather. And I loved it. I loved growing up there. If I didn't do music, I'd probably still be there. But you can't really do music there, unfortunately. If you're trying to do it professionally, it's not the place to do that. But it's just wonderful. Everyone knows each other. It's like everyone's family. I just um, had a family friend in town, actually, and she's not from Buffalo, but her mom is. And so we were kind of talking, and she's um, a stage manager on um, a touring musical right now. <clears throat> and she was like, yeah, the the Buffalo stop is towards the end of the tour. I don't know if I'm still going to be with them. She's like, but I really want to be because I know that I'm going to meet someone and just like throw out a name and everyone's going to know that person or like be related <laughs> to that person. So that's kind of how Buffalo is. How did you end up in Nashville? Music, just like eighty-five <laughs> percent of everyone who comes to Nashville. It was it was between here and LA, and um, like now in retrospect, of like what was I thinking? And I would be eaten alive out there. But I just kind of thought that that was the place to go. I thought that Nashville was only country music, and um, my LA plans kind of fell through. Um, I graduated from college. I was supposed to move out there with a friend, and. 
she was out there for a little bit and then she hated it so she came home and so I was sort of like at a loss and I was um, coming to Bonnaroo and I stopped in Nashville and got dinner with a friend from college who was working in music here and we just kind of sat at dinner all night and she just was like you know what like you should consider Nashville Um, everyone's moving here it's not just country music Um, telling me about all the artists she was working with and it's closer to home and so like six months later I was in Nashville how long have you been in the service industry? Um, since I was 18, and I just turned 28, so 10 years. Wow. Yeah. It's a long yeah. time. I started as a host. Where was your first job? Um, it was this Greek restaurant in Buffalo called um, Pano's. And I started as a host, or as they called us, the Door Horse. <laughs> the Door Horse? The Door Horse is our name. That's that's nice. Yeah, and they wanted me to be, um, they wanted me to be a server, but I was afraid of the owner, so I was a host for like two years <laughs> because I did I didn't want any more responsibility. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stay, I'm going to stay put where I am. <laughs> One of the craziest stories that happened um, was at that job. So, like I said, I was a host, and it was a pretty it was a pretty popular restaurant in Buffalo. And we, it was, there was usually two hosts and we had headsets. And so one night, it was like a Saturday night, it was crazy busy. And, um, I got this phone call and I answered the phone and I said, thank you for calling Pommels and Elmwood. And, and this guy was talking and I couldn't understand what he was saying. And I was like, are you asking for, you want to be transferred to the bar? Cause the bar had a separate phone. It was a big place. And I couldn't understand him, and I was so busy, I was, like, getting really fed up. And so he repeated himself, like, three times, and finally I was just like, sir, I can't understand you, and I hung up the phone. And so then I went to seat someone at the table, at a table, and as I'm seating someone in my headset, the other hostess, I hear her go, um, I need a manager up front right now. This is an emergency. And so I was kind of like, okay. So if we go over to the host stand, some guy called and said that there was a bomb outside a car in front of the restaurant. So I hung up on this guy. I thought he was asking to be transferred to the bar. I hung up on the guy who was saying that there was a bomb in the restaurant. So our manager was like, okay, don't freak out. Like, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call our owner. Um, But don't tell anyone. Let's just keep this between us. I don't want anyone to freak out. Just do your job normally. And me and the other hosts were like, I was like, I'm really like, all right, like, whatever. Well, like trying not to freak out. You know, he's like, it might just be a joke, whatever. So the very next people that come into the restaurant, I'm like trying to keep my cool. I come out and I go to the host stand and the very next people that come into the restaurant are this like young family with these two like beautiful little girls. And I just looked at them and I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm not. So then I like went in the back and I was like freaking out. And I told one of the waitresses eventually like everyone started like finding out. And, um, and so finally one of the waiters went into the dining room and he was like, everyone, he's like, your dinner's on us tonight. You need to leave, evacuate the restaurant. And it turned into this huge thing. There was like cops there and people were asking questions and it was a nightmare. And it was terrifying. I mean, it was like one of those things that. It sounds so ridiculous, but when you're in it and you're kind of like, if this is real, what, what is, 
And what are we sh- going to do? And like, people shouldn't stay. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I was like, this is great. And for, and for the record, our owner used to come down to the restaurant if somebody parked in our parking lot and went to another restaurant, he would come down and confront them. But when there was a bomb, he wanted us to stay there, but was nowhere to be found. <laughs> Just for the record. So, you know. God, it was crazy. I think like four different servers ended up quitting that night because they were like, he does not care about us. That's awful. Yeah. Well, speaking of war stories, what other tales do you have? I have plenty. <laughs> um, one I was thinking about, I worked at this pizza place downtown. And if you've never worked in downtown Nashville, it's a different world. It is insane, especially if there's like an event going on. And I worked at this pizza place and it was just like poorly managed. And, but I met some of the best people, some of my best friends I've met, I met there. And they will be my friends for life. And we talk about this place still, like how did we work there for so long? But one instance in particular, I had this group of like 13 people. And I think they were going to like... It was something a person like a monster truck, something. So the whole restaurant was filled with just children running around. Oh like it was insane. So I had this group of thirteen people, and they waited probably an hour, almost an hour and a half for their food. And I was, you know, I told them, I'm like, guys, we're really busy. A group this big. They understood, but it. I mean, with a bunch of kids, it's definitely a lot. So finally, their food starts coming up. So I'm running all of their food and everyone's helping me and getting it all out. And I'm looking at the ticket and I'm like, okay, guys, great job. The only thing I'm missing is the eggplant parmesan. <laughs> the chef looks at me and he goes, we're out of eggplant. <gasps> and I'm like, they have been here for almost an hour and a half and they think they're getting their food right now. And you want me to go out there and tell one person at the table that their food is... If we don't have it and we ha- they have to pick something else and we have to make that, it was a nightmare. And, like, of course it didn't go well. Like, this table was so upset. And they were like, we know it's not your fault, but, like, this is crazy. And I'm like, I know. So I go over to my manager and I was like, hey, this table wants to talk to a manager. They're really upset. And he looks at me and goes, I don't care. And he walked away. Oh, my God. So I'm just, like, standing there like, I don't even know what to do. I remember telling at table that day, I was like, yeah, I'm about to quit this job. I was like, I'm not going to work here any longer. (laughs) Insane. That same pizza place, one time I had a table wait 45 minutes for a pizza, and they just got a cheese and pepperoni pizza, and we used to, like, go in the back, and we would see our pizzas going in and, like, wait for them. It takes at least 20 minutes for a pizza. So... He puts up a pizza and hands me the ticket. It's my ticket for cheese and pepperoni, but the pizza is cheese and pineapple. (laughs) And I look at him and I'm like, uh, this is supposed to be cheese and pepperoni. And he looks at me and goes, do you think they'll notice? (gasps) And I was like, yeah, I think they'll notice. Just like, that's how that place was. Oh my God. Yeah. That's just, no, they're not going to notice like, that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they're definitely going to notice that this is pineapple and not pepperoni. What was your worst job? Oh, my God. Um, probably that pizza place. Because not only was it just bad working conditions, but we were open till 3 a.m. Oh, my God. On Fridays and Saturdays. We used to serve all the drunk people that would come in oh. after the bars. So we And I would get there at 4 p.m. So we'd do dinner service, all through dinner service, and then we'd stay open Late night, and I remember when I finally quit the job, I, 
who was kind of like the very last night I was bartending and it was a really good night and I loved everyone that I worked with. So that was what made it hard. Um, and the last night I was making good money and it was a good night and I was kind of like, man, I, you know, maybe I made a mistake quitting this job. And we get the rush of people in at the end of the night and we had like eight or nine people deep at this whole bar. And there's probably like 30 seats at the bar. It was a pretty big bar. And it was just me and one other bartender. Eight or nine people deep down the whole bar just waiting to get drinks and slices of pizza. And I had this one girl and she was like, I want a large pizza with uh, mushrooms and olive." And I was like, oh, ma'am, I'm sorry. At this hour, we only do slices of pizza. We had slices of cheese, pepperoni, and sausage were the only options that we had at this hour. And she goes, okay, well then I'll have a slice with mushrooms. And I was like, ma'am, no, I'm sorry. I have cheese, I have pepperoni, and I have sausage. And she was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe. And she's kind of like talking to her dad. And I had all these people. And I was like, look, I'll come, I'll come back to you. Okay, like, think about it. I'll come back. So I went and got other people. So I come back to her and I was like, did you decide what you wanted? She goes, you're rude. And I was like, ma'am, I'm not rude. I'm just trying, we're really busy. Like, I understand you didn't know what we had. And so she, like, said something, so I leaned in because I couldn't hear her, and she swung at me (gasps) and tried to hit me. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you're out of here, like, and I, like, called security, because it was, I mean, there was crazy in there all the time, especially at that hour. So I called security over, and I was like, get this girl out of here, like, we're not serving her, you know. And then security is just speaking to her like asking her what happened and I was a little annoyed because I was like if this was a girl bartender and a guy had done that to her and she said get him out of here you would have dragged him out and I'm not saying he should have dragged her out but I was like don't question her she swung at me I'm not serving her like and then I was like god I definitely made the right decision quitting this job (laughs) yeah again the universe was like here you go you think you should stay here you should (laughs) no 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 yeah (laughs) Do you have any scars or wounds from the service industry? Um, I mean, emotionally, yeah. <laughs> um, physically, I uh, do have a little, I don't know if you can see it. Um, this is from a pizza pan. Oh. That one time, it might have been the pineapple pepperoni debacle. <laughs> I was so mad grabbing a pizza. And this is like, I feel like this is the universe being like, check yourself. I was so mad because they had, like, messed something up or something. And I went to grab the pizza, the pizza pan, and it slid down and burnt my arm. So I do have a little, there's a little mark here. smiley face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really small now. I think that's the only physical one. I mean, I have to wear an arm brace sometimes. Anyone who comes into Grace, (laughs) I think that's probably from bartending. I worked a lot last year. I was working a lot of doubles, and and I'm getting older, you know? (laughs) And my body just can't do what it used to. <laughs> so I have to wear the, the the hand brace. I probably should just go to the doctors and figure out what it is exactly. <laughs> nah, if you don't Yeah, but I don't have time for that. So the brace is fine for now. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve about the service industry? Oh, it changes so often. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess people... Probably people who don't have patience for people not understanding how much work goes into it and thinking that, like, they should be a number one priority. You know, I've done it long enough where 
I can multitask and like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I know the order that people get there. You know, I'm, I'm serving whoever was there first. So anyone who thinks that they should be served, you know, because they're there, that you should pay attention to them right away. It's like, in my mind, that's not how that works. You know, if there was someone else before you, and I'm keeping an eye out because there's people, there's people who are passive and will let someone like go in front of them. Or do you know what I mean? Or like, they're not going to flag the person flagging the bartender down. In my mind, it's like, if you weren't here first, you're not getting that drink. I saw that girl you cut in front of. She's been here way longer than you. She's going to get her drink first because she's not being rude. And if you have a problem with that, like that's, that's my biggest pet peeve is people who think they're entitled to be the first pe- I know. Entitled Ugh. in general. Just in general, <laughs> but in those situations in particular. Because I'm also that person, just as who I am, but also because I work in the service industry. If I go to a bar and someone cuts in front of me, like I'm just going to let them do it. I'm not going to be like, well, I was here first. Because that's not how I do it. So when I'm on the other side of that, I try to look for those people and be like, that was nice of you to let that asshole do that. But <laughs> you're going to get your drink first because that's how the world should work. <laughs> it's not the loudest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What are you doing now? I am working at Grace, bartending. I also bartend at the local taco one day a week. And I am recording at... Making music. Um, I just did a couple singles. Like a year and a half I spent in the recording studio doing like four or five songs. I've released two of them and then I have another one coming out in the next month or two. Mm -hmm. And then I'm all in the studio again recording and and working on new stuff and just kind of putting that out there and trying trying to play a little bit more. That was kind of like how I got into music. I was like playing live. Um... And then when I moved here, I just didn't find, I didn't love it as much as I did back home. It's just different here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everyone's kind of competing all the time and I'm just not a competitive person. So I took a little step back and focused more on writing and, and the recording side of it, which I never really got into, which now I love because I can sort of build these songs out a little bit more. Um, but I also do love performing live. So I'm trying to get back into that. What makes you interesting? What makes me interesting? Um, I think that I... One thing that I found that I didn't realize everyone didn't have is I think I have the ability to connect with a lot of different people. And probably being in the service industry has only heightened that, you know, or made that, um, you know, made that easier. But I didn't really realize that that was something that, like, not everyone had. And I think that I'm, that I'm, I'm good at that. And realizing that you're good at that is a, it's, it's nice, but it's also, it comes with, a, <laughs> comes with some baggage. Yeah, I bet, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, yeah, we definitely can talk about that. <laughs> well, let's keep focus on you. We'll circle back okay. to that later. All right. um, do you want to talk more about your music? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in what sense? There's so much How to say. How did you get started? What's your inspiration? Um, I mean, I, I actually got... I feel like a lot of people who do music, you hear them say they've been singing since they were kids, which was not the case for me at all. Growing up, I wanted to work with animals. I thought that I was going to be... Which, like, people who know me now are like, that's ridiculous. Like, I thought I was going to be 
like a zoologist or like a wildlife research. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but my whole life, that's what I loved. And then when I was in high school, I sort of, I've listened to music my whole life. You know, I, I was in musicals and, um, but I was, I never like took it seriously. Uh, but in high school, I think, you know, going through that, that teenage angst and you hear music and, and it was kind of like the first time that I heard myself in something and I just became enthralled with it and decided to pick up the guitar and, and learn the guitar. I played piano my whole life too, but again, I never practiced, so I should be a lot better than I am for how long I played piano. But I'm so glad that my mom made me do that because I wouldn't be able to do music without it. Um, so when I was like 15, 16, I started um, playing guitar and and writing my own songs. And I remember like the first time I played a song that I wrote for people, it was just kind of like that feeling was something like I had just never felt before. You know, I had never done anything like that. I wasn't an athlete. I wasn't, you know, I, and I was never searching for anything like that, but it just sort of found me. Um, so then when I went to college, I went for biology my first year and almost failed biology Biology because I wanted to work with animals. Yeah. And, but I also like had this love of music. And so I was sort of doing both. And then after my first year at school, I was playing out all the time and I was kind of like, yeah, the music is where it's at. You know, this is what I feel like I really was meant to do. It was just kind of thrown into my life so much later than a lot of other people's. Um, so it just kind of found me that way. And I just sort of, you know, did it throughout college and, and after college, and that's what brought me to Nashville. Well, something I'm interested in, because I know you connect with people very well, and sometimes that backfires on yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I've had, it's been, it's always happened, but it's recently has happened a lot where, like, people don't understand the difference between someone who's waiting on you and being nice and being friends with you. And I've, I've had it a couple times and some people sort of get it, but recently there's a woman who keeps, she came to one of my jobs and thought that we had this connection just because I was being nice to her. And I happen to mention where I, that I work at Gray's also, and she just would not leave me alone. Like always leaving me her phone number, asking me to hang out with her, telling me, and it just, it started to get, you know, I, I was polite about it and just obviously never called her or whatever. And then it would just, she started coming in and getting really uh, pushy and being like, well, why don't you hang out with me? Like one time my friends were in there and she also came in and sat at the bar and I was talking to my friends. And at the end of the night, when my friends left, she was like, you didn't pay any attention to me tonight. Oh my God. She's like, I came in just to see you. <gasps> And I was kind of like, well, my friends were here, you know, like, and she's like, well, I'm your friend. And I just sort of nicely had to like, be like, no, you're not, you know, you're a customer, you know, there's a different, I mean, you can be friends with them, but this woman is not that different, a different level. Yeah. Different, a different level. And it's just, I guess she just doesn't understand that, that balance, you know, if maybe she doesn't have people in her life who are nice to her she gets confused about servers and bartenders being nice to her. And I've talked to other servers and bartenders who have waited on her at other places, and they have confirmed that she thinks that these people are her friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. 
But that's I, so scary. But I also have such a bad. I'm so bad at confrontation and making it a. You know, I, I'm too nice. Like everyone at my other job, she did it to everyone, but they all sort of started being cold to her, and I was the only one who was nice, and it backfired. Because then she tried to start coming into Grays, and she was like calling Grays, looking for me if I wasn't at the other job, and it just became too much. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's happened a couple times, but that's the worst case. Well, you know you're famous because you have a stalker now. Oh yeah, apparently, <laughs> yeah, great. That's that's exactly what I want. That's all I wanted out of this. It's your turn. Open forum. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh my goodness. Um. Yeah, I want to talk about how amazing the service industry is for the best part about it is the people you get to meet like customers mostly the people you work with that's been the the biggest pleasure of of doing this for so long is the um, people I meet and the camaraderie and there's such a family aspect where I'm not saying that other jobs don't have that but I definitely found a lot more support than I think my other friends who have not worked in restaurants found. Do you know what I mean? I do. You know, when I play a show, that's who comes out. When there's something going on, like I've attended baby showers, and just they, it's it's so nice because you're working so closely with these people, and it's all about teamwork, and so that's been really, really nice. And customer-wise, there is one thing that happened at the um, at the pizzeria that has always stuck with me, and there was... Um, we were right in front of the uh, the Music City Center, so we got a lot of conferences. And for whatever reason, there would be like big religious conferences and just all different kinds of religions. And I don't remember what this one was, but people used to dread them because we would get people who would come in. And they were always nice, but a lot of them wouldn't leave tips. They would mm. leave like praying for you and like things like that so as a so as a little gay boy from new york i was like oh my god like this is not gonna go well for me everyone's gonna pray for me you know (laughs) like this is not gonna but somehow i've always lucked out like i got this one young couple who did tell me they were gonna pray for me but they left me 30 bucks nice and yeah and just things like that but this one i had this woman she was super quiet um really really sweet and she had a notebook and she was like writing in her notebook and um, you know, I asked her if she was at the conference and she said yes and um, just really sweet and she left me like a, her bill wasn't a lot, I don't even remember what she got to eat but left me like a, a very generous tip and, and wrote me a letter a note and she said in the note um, that she was going through chemotherapy she still had her hair mm-hmm. um, so I'm not sure, it must have been early stages but saying that you know, she's been sick for a couple months and that um she like kind of lost her appetite, but that her meal was amazing and that the service that I gave her was so wonderful and that like she could tell I had meant she asked what I, why I lived in Nashville. I told her I was a musician. She's like, it made so much sense when you were a musician. And when you said you were a musician, your spirit is just this beautiful, beautiful note. And like, it was just so great, you know, and I still have it because it's kind of like one of those reminders that like, you don't know, the impact you're going to have on someone or the impact that they're going to have on you. You know, I would have never had an encounter like that if I wasn't working. So things like that and the people that you meet really kind of outweigh all the shitty stuff. What's your greatest challenge? 
Oh, my greatest challenge. Um, right now, it's trying to like find a balance. I've been to Nashville for like four years, and I have a great support system here. But I had a really, I have a really strong support system back home. I'm really close with my family. I've got a great group of friends. Some of my friends I've been friends with for 15 years, which a lot of people don't have. And so it was really tough to leave that behind. And it hasn't really gotten easier. And I guess the older I get, the older my parents get, you know, my cousins are having babies and things like that. I have this this drive to want to be there for that. Um, but also I have this drive to want to do music professionally. And I feel like I have to be in a place where that's happening, you know, and that's not happening back home. So kind of struggling with that is something that I've struggled with since I moved here. And I thought it would get easier and it doesn't really get easier. So just kind of finding the balance of like knowing that home is always going to be there. I can always go back home if I feel that need, but also doing what I feel like is like I'm, I'm meant to do. So you're torn between two worlds. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's tough. It's really tough yeah. because I have a whole life here, you know, but I also have a whole life back home where a lot of people who move somewhere are trying to get away from something. I wasn't. I was trying to find something else. So it's really interesting, those parallels of trying to... And I mean, I've been here for four years and I've been able to keep in touch and... You know, I go back home and it's like nothing has changed, so it's great. But it's also, it's not easy keeping both of those things afloat. So that's probably my biggest challenge. What do you want to promote? Um, I guess my singles that I have out there, they're on all streaming platforms on iTunes. Um, one, the first one I put out is called Just Kids. Um, and that's actually doing pretty well. Um, the streaming numbers are bigger than anything I've put out before, which is really exciting. It's nice um, when I put it out, like, people who I haven't talked to in years kind of reached out. You know, like, family and friends are going to say nice things about it yes. because they have to. Yes. But people who do not have to have been saying nice things about it, so that's exciting. And then I have a second single I put out a couple months ago called Blood Moon Love. And they're both on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. They're on YouTube. That's where my dad listens to it, on YouTube. <laughs> And he spells YouTube with a U. <laughs> but at least he's listening. Is, he is. That's what matters. <laughs> That's what's it. important. What's your ultimate dream? Oh, um, I mean, to, to make a living from music, you know, whether it be as a songwriter, um, you know, I, I am an artist, I'm, you know, I'm a writer, and I think that it's what I am meant to do. Because I don't think it would have come to me so later in life. And, and you know, I picked up and left a very comfortable life behind to, to pursue that, you know. And working in restaurants is not easy. <laughs> and so doing that to make my income, um, I, I just think that there's something, I, I think that ultimately the struggle will pay off. But even if I don't get what it is that that I think that I want, everything in between has been great, you know? And I know myself more as a person, I know myself more as an artist, and I've met incredible people along the way. So whatever happens, I'll be fine with. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. 
So that's it for today's episode of Slash Server Life. I'd like to thank my guest, Sean Higgins, for taking the time to talk to me. Now it's your turn, dear friends. So get off your phone, pause that bullshit conversation, and put down your fork long enough to peer into the not-so-secret world of service. Like the podcast? Want to hear more? You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can also like my Facebook page or follow me on Instagram at slash For me, that will be alright. 
Love. 